Welcome back to the Happy Hippie Podcast. This might be one of the most requested episodes that I have been getting for almost a year. And not only am I answering it myself, but I'm honored to have one of my favorite people, one of my favorite people that I've ever met, one of my good friends, my friend Kate Babineau, here to answer all of your questions all things Hawaii, everything about living there, everything about the work trade that we did together, about our journey, the area itself, everything is being answered in this episode for you, finally, in one place. If you are new here, my name is Amanda McCormack. I am the host of the Happy Hippie Podcast. This podcast aims to explore all the areas in life that contribute to bringing us greater happiness. So we take deep dives into wellness topics, different products, different methods, different mindsets to help you feel better mentally, physically, and spiritually. We talk about things from health and fitness to meditation and mindset, exploring different types of supplements, books for productivity, and even talking about astrology. So we cover a broad scope of topics here on this podcast. And if you like the episode, make sure to give us five stars because it really does help with everything that we're doing for this podcast. This conversation that we have today, Kate and I, is so inspiring. I loved it so much and I think it was the perfect and most divine way that I could have put out all the information I wanted to. I'd be getting tons of questions about Hawaii, living there, working there, the work trade I did. And a one second backstory is last year I did go out there for a work trade and I ended up getting a job. So I still work for the company in Hawaii and I kind of go back and forth between Hawaii and New York. And there's a whole bunch of stuff with it. But we answer all your questions about how we got into it, going alone. We both went alone all about living off grid in the middle of the jungle, um, our advice, the challenges, the lessons we learned, stories from other people. Uh, tons of the questions that were sent in on Instagram were morphed and kind of welded into this episode. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Kate so we know you know what you're getting into. So Kate Babineau, she's awesome. She's doing her own podcast soon as well. When it comes out, I will have it linked in this bio, ready to click on that link. <laughs> and this episode will also be on her show as well. So she's a college student and she is a psych major who has a passion for holistic healing and therapy. And I'm not just saying this because this is an intro, but Kate is truly one of the best articulated people I know. Like she speaks so well about topics I think can be really hard to digest sometimes and she's able to just like whoop, construe them into like the perfect sentence and she's so relatable and like I she it's like glows like you know those people you know that just glow like that's Kate and she's funny too. So it's a good conversation. She just it's awesome to go back and forth with her and just like relive some of our experiences. We have some funny stories that we'll go into, but we also, I just feel like so many insights come up and we also learned a lot of lessons from other people around us. So tried to carry those lessons in this episode to represent those people and the stories and the beauty that they bring to the world. So grab yourself some tea, buckle in. And this is our dish episode, I guess, on Hawaii, work trade, spirituality, living life, and just, I hope you get something out of this. So without further ado, Here's Kate. Okay, we are live. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> we got Kate and Amanda in the studio. <laughs> yeah, we do. What a dynamic duo this is. Uh, we're going to dish on everything that we experienced going up to Hawaii, the actual work trade, things we learned, people we met, all of that jazz. So we're going to go back and forth, introducing each other, talking a little bit about all that. And answering questions. So, yeah, Kate, if you want to go first. Yeah, I feel like I'll just start by saying a little bit about me and kind of what led me to Hawaii. So, I'm 21 years old. For anyone who doesn't know, um, I'm a senior at Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. And 
I had been drawn to Hawaii, honestly, in full honesty, from Hannah Maloche. So I follow her on YouTube, and I watched her go to Hawaii, and I was like, that looks amazing. Like, I want to do that. So that was kind of always in the back of my mind. And then I would say, like, two years ago, I was talking to my friend Asa, who I get Reiki from, and I was just expressing, like, oh, I really want to go to Hawaii. I'm not sure, like, how I'll go. I looked into, like, nannying, working there. I didn't care what I was doing there. I just wanted to go. And she was like, have you ever looked into doing a retreat there? And I was like, jaw on the floor. Oh, my God. No, that sounds absolutely incredible. (laughs) And so she was like, I can post on my Instagram and, like, ask my followers and friends, like, if they know of any place. So she, like, did a poll on her Instagram and was like, does anybody know of a place in Hawaii to do a retreat? And she got several replies and so she sent them to me and KMAC, which is where Amanda and I met, stood out to me. One of her friends went there. So then I started doing research, diving in all that jazz and I applied my junior year spring. I didn't tell my parents because I was kind of like, if I get in, I'll just pay for it and go. Like I'm 20 years old they can't really control me but turns out they still can control me and so I got in well not got in I don't know if you would say that but like I was about to do my interview I was over the moon like it really just felt so much in alignment and I feel like a really big like mission of mine recently is to just live in alignment and live and do things that feel right for me so I was super excited and then kind of just told my parents like I'm going to Hawaii And they're like, no, you're not. And so then I just, long story short, I wrote them a bunch of essays and did not work out. I was absolutely fucking devastated. Like, this is what I had set my heart on. I had no backup plan. I had no job for the summer. I was like, and this was when I was out of school. So this is like end of May. And I was going to leave for Hawaii in two weeks. And then, no, you're not. So it was honestly a huge, it was, yes, like I had finished, I had finished finals. I was home. I was about to do the interview. I remember I was at the hair salon and I was emailing, I think it was Sylvia, and I was like, can I interview like as soon as possible? Like, I just want to get there. And so I was trying to go and leave June 1st, but that didn't work out. And now, as the beautiful universe tends to work out, now I see why it didn't happen because I would not have met Amanda. I would not have met Kayla. I would not have met Amar or Rachel or literally any of the most beautiful people that I met when I was in Hawaii this past summer. So... It all worked out for a reason, and then cliff note version, my junior year, oh, okay, wait, sorry, I meant to say I applied the end of my sophomore year, because last year, my junior year, was honestly, like, one of the hardest years of my life at school. I was arrested in the fall, and basically for holding an open container, which is a whole other story that I will talk about. <laughs> what? Like wait, senior what? Year. You're kidding. I had to go to for court. having. A- me too. Yeah. yeah. Literally holding container. Wait, this is insane. Why have we never talked about this? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I grew up with a very like predominant, controlling, harsher energy from like my father growing up. So this kind of felt very similar of just like having that authority bring me down. And it honestly sent me into a spiral. I didn't feel like I had like the time to really process it so last year I was just really in the dumps I was going through hormone shit I was on and off different birth controls I just 
honestly, like, it felt harder than when I was, like, knee-deep in my eating disorder because at least, like, when I was in my eating disorder, like, I knew how to get myself out of there. Like, I had my therapist, like, tell me these steps and I could do that. This felt like nobody can pull me out of here but myself. And obviously going to a very academically rigorous school, like, I didn't have a lot of space to really process or, like, sit and, like, be with myself. I was honestly surviving all of last year and then towards the end of last spring I wasn't sleeping I would sleep like one one hour a night like my body was just completely off the fucking rails I had acne like just so many imbalances that I just kept like shoving under the rug which I feel like we can get into I just want to make this short about Hawaii um but anyways I was like I just feel like I need Hawaii (laughs) Like, and we can get into this too, but I was like, I'm going to go to Hawaii. I'm just going to be fixed. My problems will be gone. I'll be back to myself. And I know we're going to talk more about our experience in Hawaii, but obviously that was not the case. (laughs) You know, like wherever you go, you will also be there. So the problems did not go away. They actually heightened there, which was like for a reason. But yeah, I went to Hawaii last summer for almost two months and it was such a catalyst in my life seriously such a beautiful catalyst so that's like a little summary of kind of what led me to Hawaii I love that though especially (laughs) yeah sometimes we think we can control things and I find it's a theme that comes up a lot and we're like oh we'll fix it by going here or we'll control it in a different way but totally and it's so good I think this will come up too but it's so good when Think like you don't want to face a challenge sometimes. And I remember hearing a quote that, like, instead of going through the obstacles, the obstacles are actually the way through. Yes. So yes. we'll try everything to go around them. And then our bodies will literally show us we're in a state of resistance. Totally. The physical things, like stuff happening on your body. Like, I experienced the same thing with like the acne or like your energy levels, your mm-hmm. hair, <laughs> like things like that. Literally. And then, like, the manifestation of events that are occurring around you it's because you're in that like resistance state but 100% not only myself but other people I spoke to who went to Hawaii all had a similar experience like we really we were trying to either escape something or we were just on our journey like you're on your spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and I feel like Hawaii heightens things at least that island (laughs) like I I mean, the, I was going to get into this later, but I feel like this is a good point. Like, the fucking, and then I want to hear about what led you to Hawaii, but, like, the fucking energy of the big island. Like, I've never felt anything like this where it's, like, what you need to heal, this island will literally hand you on a slower fucking platter. Like, yeah. I thought I was healed from my eating disorder. Oh, that was fine. Nope, that was resurfaced, like, times five. I remember, like, I still talked to my therapist there, and there was a day where I literally just sobbed, and I was like... I don't know how much longer I can do this. Like, I feel like I am just like a guinea pig on a hamster wheel and like the universe is not giving me a break. And now I understand like I had to be cracked open and I feel like being in Hawaii, like I remember sitting in the meditation hall and just like existing and feeling and crying and writing in my journal, like all these deepest, darkest, heavy thoughts and like leaving Hawaii I definitely felt like the healing that I did there carried with me and like was there what happened for a reason. But yeah, I've literally never experienced the Reiki energy that I felt there, the connect, like my dreams, everything. I felt like I wasn't on planet Earth. No, same. That's kind of how I think I ended up there 
because it wasn't on my yeah, radar at all. <laughs> but but I do want to go back to the topic of like the pull that Island has and like mm. it's for good. Like the stuff that comes up and you're supposed to see, it's not like bad energy. It's supposed no. to heal you. You have to go through the like the dark phases to come out. But yeah, very very similar. Which kills me because I feel like everything you're saying, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna say the same thing. <laughs> no, it's beautiful because even if it's the same, I feel like we'll have different experiences of it. Yeah, but get this. So I've always wanted to visit Hawaii, and I knew I wanted to do it in more of like an ethical way. So I think that's why mm. I went the way I went about it, like a work trade or looking in something to help the land. But I love Lexley Hidalgo. <laughs> And that's literally yes, bitch, <laughs> yes, dude. It's like the same group of people. To- I love no, her totally. stuff. I love the idea that like she just went out there as like a single person, and I was like, right? that's so inspiring. And I've done some solo travel, and but I don't know something about that. Like I'd always, her story would come up so high up on my thing because I was always looking at the scenery. I was drawn to Oahu. I thought that was it. I thought I was going to Oahu. And that's the island I've spent the least amount of time <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> and there was another girl I followed who worked at a farm in the North Shore. And it looked like the funnest place. It was like a family-owned farm that you would do projects for them. Like, they built a pizza oven out of scratch in the backyard. What? And they had, like, a little... It was so cute. So I applied there. Never heard back to this day. They never responded to me. <laughs> no, I, I feel that with Woof. With, I went on Woof and I yes. applied to like 10 people and they were like, no, or like never got back to me. So yeah. Yeah. So I applied to that one place and then my friend Dave, which I'll, we'll get into him in the episode too. <laughs> Shout out to Dave. Love Dave. <laughs> um, I met Dave. Okay. So a few things in my life, including this, I've taken really crazy leaps for myself. They're small leaps, but I had such social anxiety and I had to force myself to do things, but I'm so glad I did because they were all like catalysts. So an example was I followed this influencer online. He did travel meetups and there was a meetup in New York City and I don't even live in Manhattan. I'm like outside of Manhattan. So it was like, it was a Tuesday night or something like that. And I was like, you know what? F it. I want to make more people like more friends or more connections with people who enjoy the things that I like. And it's so scary. I was like, I have to get on a train. Um, It was right after COVID too. So everybody was just like, like on edge, you know? So, and going to the city was still like a whole big ordeal. And I was like, I don't want to go on the subway. People were getting stabbed. (laughs) It was like a stabbing epidemic. (laughs) So I I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I got on the subway and I went to this place it was a bar and I was standing outside like pacing I'm like I don't want to go in I don't want to go in ended up going in I met a group of people and Dave was one of them they were all Leos and I'm a Leo so that's crazy um (laughs) we met because we were taking a group picture and there was like five of us that stood on tables so that you could like really see us in the photo yeah and then we found out we were all Leos. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> You're like, thank you. Thank yeah. you, universe. Oh so I made friends with them. And then Dave was one of them. And we met up a few times. And like two months later, we were talking about where we wanted to go. And we both mentioned Hawaii. And I said the thing about the farm. I was like, this girl is on the coolest farm in Oahu. And I want to visit. <laughs> and he kept a spreadsheet 
with like a hundred different places on all the islands that we could go to. What? We were doing it for two months, collecting places. I joined Woof. Actually, never ended up using it. Just used it to like search. Uh, mm-hmm. We were weighing like the best hours, the worst hours. We found a nudist colony at one of them. What the? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't go. I think it was Oahu. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait, did you yeah. end up going to Oahu at, during your journey? Yeah, just like a quick visit. Um, okay. And I've, I've flown there. I've been in that airport so many times. And then I did maybe yeah. like five days in total. Okay. Like, okay. yeah, I did a car like I rented an RV and I went around with two people that I met at KMAC, which is another story. Um, Wait, I think you told me about this. And the yeah. dog, the person. Yes. Oh, yes. The dog. Yeah. That yes. was great. We were we were squished in a bed and I woke up in the middle of the night, like in a car and <laughs> my friend had a dog and I woke up and his balls were on my face and I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, oh, it was rough. But it was fun. But, um, yeah, and then me and Dave were keeping track for two months, and (laughs) then he stopped answering, and I bought a flight. I bought a flight. I was dead set on Oahu, so I bought a flight to California, to Hawaii, and I visited my friend in California for a few days to, like, break it up, but when I booked the flights, I, like, I'm going to Oahu, and then, like, Dave wasn't answering and it was like a month until I was supposed to go and I was like he did was traveling and doing stuff oh but, but I booked you, the flight did you thinking book it together no oh. he was like he, <laughs> he he was like pressing me to get this flight so I got the flight and then he yeah. fell off the radar and I was like oh, oh my okay. god now I have a flight it was a one way I had a one way to Hawaii and oh no god. plans so then I started like crack the knuckles like crunch time on the computer I was like I have mm-hmm. to find a place to go and oh, I was really pushing for Oahu and it was like that resistance thing I was saying the more I was like I have to go here I have to do this the more yep. like I couldn't find anything I was not finding anything well, yeah. it's like I'm I, it feels like almost when you wear blinders and it's like you focus so much on this one thing that you don't even see everything else that's like being presented to you totally there was so many other opportunities or like mm-hmm. I could have gone somewhere else anyway I found um I was a member of yoga trade which I recommend oh, yeah. and we have some questions about work trades that we'll answer later but yoga trade is one of my favorite tools. You don't have to be a yoga teacher to be on it, but you can find work trades related to like yoga, spirituality, a lot of vegan centers, all of that on that website. So it's a great resource. I searched and I found this one listing and it makes sense, but it wasn't updated for two years. So I didn't even know if they were accepting, but I reached out and Zach, who was working there at the time, emailed me in like an hour. Which is never what? a good thing when somebody emails you that quick. Yeah. I was like, they really need people. I was <laughs> like, what's so going desperate. on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's but he so said, true. I had my flight. My flight was literally Friday, a week out. This is how late I did it too. Literally a week out, and he was like, you know what? We have one opening next Friday, <laughs> and this wow. guy was leaving. Like they they do it on um who. At that point, there were so many people there because it was like a place where you volunteer. There's probably like 14 volunteers in January. So they had no room. And he was leaving Friday. And my flight to Oahu was on Friday. So then I just booked a connecting flight, obviously, to like Big Island. But 
Yeah, that's how I ended up wow. there. So I feel like the island really pulled me in. Not oh, to sound totally. like too like woo, but no, honestly, I feel like we have to embrace the woo woo. Like, well, I feel like I had a Reiki session yesterday and it was just a lot of confirmation of like my dreams and just like the psychic ability that we literally all have. And I had a seminar class before this and my professor and like people were like, oh, Reiki's like fake or whatever, basically subtweeting at that. And I was like, oh, okay, but it's not. Um, anyways, um, it's but I feel energy. like I feel, <laughs> it's all energy. Everything's energy. But I think this is a good place to like kind of maybe you can do this better than I can, but just like explain KMAC and like what's up. Yes like what it is because I even know when I tell people about it they're like okay so like did you stay there like did you pay there I feel like it's help it would be helpful to like explain them as like a totally company or yeah so the reason I looked into doing this type of work trade was because I love the aspect of community so basically Mm -hmm. a work trade period is where you're looking to trade your skills for accommodation and amenities. So it's a way that you can travel affordably, but also with a purpose. So it's almost like a chance to give back to a cause that you like. You can work at restaurants, hotels, but this was a retreat center. So the purpose of KMAC, it stands for (laughs) Kripal Meditation and Ecological Center. It's a piece of property, and there's about 20 cabins that guests can rent So if you go on Airbnb or any of those websites, you can rent out a cabin. And we also host retreats. So yoga teacher trainings, retreats for massage therapists, things like that. It's a working retreat center, but it's off grid. So we're located in the middle of the jungle. Um, We run on rainwater. We have catchment tanks and then solar power. So we're completely off grid. We're vegan. Uh, We used to be gluten free. Never know. (laughs) But it's a vegan chef. And basically, they need help with all the departments. So thinking about the departments that would take to run a retreat center, we have the hospitality department, which is like making beds, cleaning up, taking care of the bathrooms, and welcoming guests. Like, that's one department. The next department, we have a head chef, but he needs like a sous chef. So you would step in and you would help cut the veggies, make the tea. We do three meals a day. So you would like help and those and then we also the name is an ecological center and part of the attraction is we have a huge orchard and we get all of our food like we're pretty self-sustainable we do use um like we get some food imported from but it's usually local but we grow our own food so we need to take care of that and we have a garden manager and a grounds manager so you would help them with projects as well such as planting tomatoes mulching Cutting coconuts. I painted a sign. Yeah, it's, cutting coconuts. Uh, painting, I painted cutting, a sign. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> you can find things that like yeah, work. Totally. And then the last totally. department would be um, being a teacher for yoga or meditation because we run classes daily. So you could do yoga. You could be a meditation teacher. We had Pilates in there at times. Cool. So those are the four departments. You sign up for this work trade. You get to stay on their property. Um, it's usually about a month or two long. And you have to work 25 hours a week for them in exchange for the room. And then you get the food, you get access to the yoga classes. This particular work trade, you pay a small fee, just quote unquote tuition. It's used for groceries, basically, so we can feed everybody. But other work trades, you don't have to usually pay a fee. Well, some do, but that's like the rundown of what it is. 
25 hours yeah. of work a week, two days off consecutively. So if you wanted to, you could like do a little weekend trip. And it's usually mm-hmm. about a one month to two month commitment. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I yeah. also feel like, I guess like people always ask me like, what I did so like when Amanda was actually in charge of making the schedule and you would do usually like two and a half hour shifts in like a different department and you would work basically in each department by the end of your five days so you weren't just in one area or if some some people were if they like had a specialty in the garden they would ask to just be primarily in the garden but I was all over and I guess I could just like tell everyone like a typical day in my life that's what I think a lot of people like to know so also we stayed in cabins as Amanda said and the time that I was there there was not that many volunteers so I had my own cabin with like a divider in between and then Rachel shout out Rachel was next to me Rachel um (laughs) but I know that if there's like more people then you'll have a roommate um, as well but basically I would, it kind of depended on the shifts I was on but I wasn't usually on breakfast so I'd usually wake up do some type of movement yoga class or do my own little Peloton app love the Peloton app then breakfast I think was if I can remember it was at like 8 30 mm-hmm. the shift yeah. was literally 7 a.m but we served at 8 30 yeah so we would, and then I would go to breakfast and then I'd usually be on like housekeeping. So then after breakfast, I would meet with Teresa, our head of housekeeping, and ask her what she needed me to do that day. And that could be anything from cleaning out a guest cabin, making the beds, sweeping the floors, to doing laundry, cleaning the bathrooms, all that stuff. It really, she would just tell me what she needed to be done and I would do it. And then lunch shift was around 1130 to 1, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? And then... So I'd go to lunch and then say I was like on grounds, then I would work in the garden. So some things I did in the garden was like I planted spinach, which I've never done. Like I've never experienced gardening. I'm that's just not how I was raised. So it was super cool and hard oh. and dirty <laughs> and like flies were everywhere. But honestly, it was cool to like break out of that version of myself that's like super clean super like pristine and everything's the same so I just embraced it met some really cool what's I met a really cool guy in like in the garden that time I forget his name um he was there a lot I think you do you know who I'm talking about Ooh. oh the beard no he was he was young he was also doing a work trade but at a different farm and then he would come yeah it was the guy's assistant with the beard yes yes I can't think of his name (laughs) he was cool yeah he was so cool like I remember sitting there we were just like talking about our inner child and talking about being in the present moment um which I'm gonna come back to um but yeah then I would do my shift and then dinner and then there's like a lot of activities in the town closest to us so I sometimes we would like go to the beach or anything really that you wanted to do walk down to the hot ponds there's it's like a half a mile walk from the property and then have dinner sometimes we watch a movie at night hang out amanda and i watch daisy jones and the six uh. um but don't tell anyone because we're not allowed to use the wi-fi for that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah like i in my cabin like no service no wi-fi maybe i would drive to kalani to download my netflix shows and then watch them Mm -hmm. because there was like no service um but I feel like what I just wanted to add about like 
when I met that guy in the garden, like the people that it was so cool to be in Hawaii because this part of myself that mean like this journey that me and you are both on like is such a big part of me now and like it just feels like what I'm here for I don't know like this spiritual journey I feel like when I started it three years ago like it just took the ground running and so it was really cool to like be in a community of people who are also so like-minded I I think like it was remarkable like one of my favorite moments, and I know that this answers, like, one of the questions about, like, a memorable experience there. One of my favorite experiences was one night we were all sitting around, and I don't know if I should use names, but I'm not going to use names. But one of the other volunteers was, like, very upset and was just, like, processing a lot of emotions. I remember a guest came, and she was like, I don't... I don't cry, but I cry every day here. And I'm like, yeah, that like <laughs> is the big island. <laughs> like literally in KMAC, like you don't cry, come here. You'll cry every day. But I don't see crying as a bad thing. I honestly see it as such a beautiful thing. And so one of the volunteers was very upset and just processing like things that were being brought up for her. And oh, even speaking about it just like makes my heart so full. Like I remember another volunteer, like, went and sat with her and, like, was really comforting her. And then I remember I noticed, like, a lot. I was being, I was activated by seeing her so upset. So then I went over and, like, was standing by the tree and, like, was doing some strategies that I do to, like, release emotions. I was, like, shaking. I was, like, leaning against the tree. I started to cry, all this stuff. And then another volunteer walked over to me and she was, like, a mother figure to me and like seriously just is love in human form and she hugged me and I just started to sob and it felt like my heart had been held and like loved like this deep young part of myself that when I was young and upset all a kid wants to do is like be hugged and held and it felt like her hugging me now was like hugging every past version of myself that didn't receive that and I really can't describe it other than, like, my heart felt like it had been, like, like there was an ice around it and, like, defrosted. And then oh. after, yeah, and then I started crying even more because it was such a new experience. I was like, oh, my God, like, all my problems are, are solved, like, by this hug. Like, all I really was craving was, like, comfort and, like, to be held in what I was going through. And then I remember I came back and, like, sat at the table And then me and the volunteer who was upset earlier just, like, hugged and talked about it. And I'm in a group therapy, which is, like, absolutely phenomenal. And we kind of do this stuff where, like, somebody will bring themselves in, process whatever they're feeling in the moment. And then everybody will be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. And it's kind of just a really cool space to, like, think out loud and support each other. And so I had experience with that. But doing it in person in Hawaii with people who just like know what you're doing when you are like somatically shaking and leaning against a tree like and people like don't look at you and they're like what the fuck is she doing like I literally like my house is in Worcester and like I ground I sit by the tree and like people walk by and are probably like what is this bitch doing but like in Hawaii it was like clapping like this is beautiful so honestly that was one of my favorite nights because it was such like a beautiful human experience like we were all just being so real and holding each other in that and it was wonderful when you said that, the word human is what came to me when you were like, yes. she hugged me and I, I was like, that's so human. And I think that's one of the things. So 
in a community setting where there's like-minded people and then if you step out a little bit further the, I'll talk about it later but the area of Hawaii that we were in was very a very spiritual community so mm-hmm. things like this were just like everywhere you could find recce sessions oh, yes. and sound healings like every day so that was wonderful and it for me at least it made me feel less crazy when I got there yes because like you're saying you just feel very accepted it's very easy to talk about topics living with people who are into what you enjoy so that kind of brings me to a question two-part question um what were the highlights of living in a community and maybe what were some things that were challenging or that you didn't expect it could be lessons you learned Mm. just highlighting the scale of living in a community with like-minded people that can challenge you or yeah Mm-hmm. Totally. Wait, I also want to add, like, about the community around us. Like, I remember there's this beach, and it was, like, this nude beach, and everyone at this beach was, like, doing breath work, like, climbing on rocks, just, like, and I remember sitting there and being, like, this is so beautiful to see these souls just be themselves. It was so refreshing, and it honestly inspired me to be more so myself. Inspiring. So oh so inspiring like (laughs) I I literally can't even describe it like to just see everyone be themselves and not give a fuck what anybody thinks totally just to sit there naked do their breath work or like just do whatever and I feel like even that about a static dance like a static dance was um spiritual therapy (laughs) healing but honestly for me living in community I learned so much from everyone around me like Amar he was one of the volunteers I learned immensely just from his wisdom and his experience on his spiritual journey and through like meditation and stuff so I definitely like hold on my dog's barking (laughs) okay I'll cut that sorry okay um I honestly yeah I learned a lot from people and I also learned that like so I think something I'm also going through right now is like a pattern of mine is when I feel overwhelmed and feel emotions I tend to isolate myself and that can feel lonely and at the same time it feels comfortable because it's familiar but it doesn't serve me anymore so I think living in Hawaii and community I learned that maybe I don't want to be alone and like being with the right people right now like actually feels really good so that was like I think something that I really enjoyed learning you know challenges like my mind wants to say like being with people all the time was like hard with boundaries but I honestly don't feel that way I feel like there was a really good balance between like everyone at KMEC was there for their own reason like everyone traveled alone so like everybody came here on their own to like do their own stuff so I feel like there was a good balance between like I'm gonna like have my me time and then I'm gonna come together and like do this activity together which is something I personally need like I need a balance like last night it's Halloween weekend okay last night I was like I can't go out like if it's if I go out tonight and maybe tomorrow like I can't do three nights and I, that's I've just learned that about myself but so anyways I just need that balance and I feel like I definitely had that I truly I respect that so much you and Rachel <laughs> did a lot and taught that to me when I was over there. Yeah. Like that, when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, it's that's one of the things I think is like seeing how people live and yes. the things they bring up. Boundaries was like our theme. Like, yes, not, <laughs> not no, letting wait, people cross that. your boundaries. It was, dude, it was so beautiful. Like, 
I don't mean to interrupt you. I just get very excited. So no, I apologize. Go. But like, I just remember like the conversations me and Rachel had were like so vulnerable and so op- open. Like we would be like, honestly, like I'm not feeling this right now. We're like, honestly, like this upset me. And like that shit is what I live for. So I just like appreciate that about you and like our relationship because I feel like we were very yeah. open. And and when you have people doing it around you, it reinforces the idea that you can do it. I just feel like maybe it might be it might be an East Coast thing, but growing up, everything is very like. You keep it to yourself. You mm-hmm. just keep walking. Like, it can go into a lot of things. Like, for me, even, like, I went to Catholic school, so so many things were ingrained in me to, like, push it down, don't express, Same. whatever. Mm-hmm. But when people are constantly letting you know your their boundaries and, like, they're saying, like, actually, no, I don't want to go, or it's more of a me night, it's so inspiring because I feel like as a recovering people pleaser... <laughs> Yep. I'm like, wow, it's the norm. And I feel like these types of experiences help you with these things so much. Because even I thought I was over people pleasing. And I feel like um, a theme that came up for me in Hawaii was um, an old pattern of validation and people pleasing. Like I would go out of my way to do things for people or I'd only literally show up for like some sort of subconscious form of validation. I wasn't even recognizing. It came up in my journaling. I was like, oh damn but yeah it was like these patterns so I was seeing that and I was feeling like burnt out at times and it was so refreshing that when people around you it's like it's like the opposite of like a dare commercial when people around you are like drinking and doing drugs when you're Mm -hmm. younger and you're supposed to like you're not supposed to go with the flow it's the opposite like everyone's so inspiring it makes you want to like better yourself and I don't know I just feel like totally seeing people use these tools on a day-to-day basis was so inspiring to me because it makes you reflect on yourself and I feel like I got a lot of growth yeah (laughs) yeah and like I feel like everyone I'm sure you've heard this like everyone's a mirror so it's like what Mm -hmm. you see someone else doing and like you love it's like because you probably want to be doing that for yourself too um and I just would love what do you mean by like this you were going for like subconscious validation and it came up in your journaling like I want to know more about that yeah okay so I think one of my lifelong patterns that when I was in high school, I feel like I didn't get a lot of validation with things. I always felt left out, which stems from like childhood bullying, (laughs) but it carries on. So I felt like a lot of the things I would do in college was to people please. And I would do a lot of things just to almost get like a little validation for my self-worth so like Mm. to have people say oh thank you for that or like you're so this you're that whatever Mm, and it felt that was coming up again and I felt a lot of college patterns that I thought I ended at like 1920 have been like dormant like a literal volcano if you want to use that (laughs) (laughs) like Pele was like (laughs) (laughs) and it started coming up again I feel like my journey I spent about I spent about eight months out there straight and the first like three months were different from the three in the center and then like the two at the end pretty much I don't know if I did the math right on that um but in the middle I started I went through like something where I noticed like I was going out of my way for other people and I wasn't giving myself like rest or like I wasn't Mm. staying in I was having like FOMO because I thought if I didn't go to these things like people would be upset or people's perception of me would be different 
or totally I felt like I in the beginning man like I was just wearing <laughs> like like my my garden clothes and then I found in the middle I went through this phase where I started caring about my appearance again and I just went through this like I I don't know I haven't felt that way since I was 19 I thought I squashed wow. that pattern and it kind of came up which is why I love two months later the boundaries thing coming up and being and yeah. helping me realize like oh my gosh wait I'm I'm slipping into something I was becoming less present I was becoming consumed mm. with a lot of things and I felt like I was just dipping my toe in everything and I wasn't caring for myself. Meanwhile, every morning mm. I was teaching yoga and I was preaching like care for yourself, I, do these things. And then I needed to take a step back and I feel like I was able to do that through the community, through conversations with you and Rachel and Kayla and anybody who came in at that time. Like my friend Katrina too who was there like the month before. I just felt like and to this day, still, I feel like everybody was supposed to meet everybody that was there. 100%. I learned something from I, everybody. <laughs> 100%. That's why I feel like I, I couldn't go the year I wanted to because I wouldn't have met any of these people I was supposed to. And I think it's cool that the boundaries came up at the end of your stay because maybe that's like what you were yeah. there to learn. And yeah, I guess like maybe explain a little bit about like how you ended up there for eight months and like I know that wasn't like your original plan yeah. so I think it'd be <laughs> cool to talk about that yeah um definitely and I also feel based on what we just said too I'm going back in like four days I feel like I should mention that on the show yeah. like I'm going back and I'm so happy that things turned out the way they did because I feel like the lessons I learned in June and July really changed me during these past three months, which I want to dig into in a little mm. bit for both of us, like what we took yes. from it. But yes. I feel like I'm going back into it totally different, like like so different. Oh, you feel different. Than I wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. I feel, and it's what I needed. I needed to be there. I needed to come back. I needed to go on the travels I went on in between and deal with those things. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Definitely. dude. <laughs> your trip, the, the trip you were just on looked amazing. That was another scenario. It was a literal retreat where I met a community and I learned so much from those people. I just, anyone who's listening, I truly recommend coming from someone that had severe social anxiety. I'm literally afraid of planes. (laughs) I'm like on a plane every week. I hate them. I get so anxious in airports around people, everything. And I still push myself to do it because it shapes my life every time. Totally. And I feel like, yeah, I know one of the questions is like advice to give someone who is like thinking about going on a work trade. I think if you have the idea and you have the dream, like it's something that you want to do. And like, I just, I really believe that. Like if you have the impulse, it's there for a reason. And I know that Mm -hmm. fear can like try to pull us away from that, but I hope that we can inspire you and like support you and let you know that it is totally possible. And like, where sometimes I like to do like worst case scenario, like you come home. I mean, not not saying that's, that's going to so happen, true. but I think sometimes that like helps my anxiety, even with like going to a party. It's like, do I want to go? And I'm like, if I go and it's boring and I'm not having fun and I'm not feeling it, I can leave. Like I'm not trapped. We are not stuck anywhere. And I think another part that I've really been trying to do is just like welcome the fear, like welcome the anxiety and really just try to get to know it, give love to it. And then remember, you have choice. You don't need to listen or attach to that fear and anxiety like I think it's cool if you like separate yourself from it 
I love that so much. It reminds me of, um, have you read Gabby Bernstein? No. Oh, so good. The universe <laughs> has your back. First oh, book wait, to read. okay. And then Super the Attractor. Yeah. Those are two great okay. books. And she has a method called the choose again method because whenever feelings come up, sometimes we try to push them away and just do mm-hmm. almost like the toxic positivity of being like, everything's all good totally like I'm fine I'm not nervous like yeah, yeah I'm cool everything sometimes yeah. it's like you actually have to feel that emotion feel into it even if it's like yes like even if it's un- nobody wants to feel into it I don't want to feel into it <laughs> but if you feel into it let that kind of move through you see where you feel it in your body what comes up mm-hmm. journal it speak to someone bring it up then you can choose so it's like totally you can't skip over the feeling the way to get through the feeling is the feeling. And then yeah, you can choose. It. You can choose the next best feeling. You can change that mindset, shift the perspective. I but I feel like it's a two-step process. I totally... I mean, even, like, I'll be honest with, like, the like the podcast I was, like, waiting to start because I want everything to be perfect. And I was really just caving into those feelings and those beliefs and then I had a therapy session and I was telling my therapist this and she was kind of like it will never be perfect like that is kind of just like postponing like something that you're so excited to do but I couldn't have just been like yeah I'm excited and kept going because that's not how I well I was excited but like it would have been not truthful for me to say like I feel like everything's ready because I had a lot of fear and a lot of limiting beliefs and like a lot of like, I'll wait until this happens and then I'll like get started. But also that's not how I want to show up in my podcast. Like I don't want everything. Perfect doesn't exist. So I don't want to like show up and be perfect because that's not possible. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I wouldn't even be in this moment if I didn't welcome and like just hold space and like let those feelings and those thoughts be there. Because now once I've welcomed them, I feel like I can like take control of my life again rather than like they're they're controlling my life if that makes sense. No, it totally does because it's when you don't acknowledge it, it'll just come up again in a different way mm-hmm. and you're going to keep mm-hmm. going through whatever with that feeling, with that pattern, with that mindset. But I love how you said that. That was expressed beautifully. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Wait. Also, um Quickly, how did you stay there for eight months? No, I know. <laughs> we moved on from that. <laughs> I think it goes back to everything. Everything kind of happens. It was not planned. I was supposed to mm-hmm. go for two months, and I packed for, like, one month. <laughs> so that was... I had some, like, crazy... I had to learn a lot of lessons stretching out, living out of a suitcase for eight yes. months, basically. And being there there was also some issues with like I ended up getting promoted to a manager position so that's why I stayed I did the work trade for two months um was supposed to return home then I had some stuff at home where I was like I don't know I just kind of chose me and I was like we're just gonna stay we're gonna ride this out because I was offered a paid position basically like the free accommodation the free three meals and they were gonna pay me to do marketing which is something I love in terms of the creative side. Mm -hmm. And I love the place. And I did love the mission of like bringing people in for their own retreat. So I felt like, let me just try it. It goes back to what you were saying, where 
if you don't like it, you can leave. If it's not meant for you, you're not trapped. And I said, if I left and went home and didn't take up this position, this offer, I would regret it. So I mm. took it, ended up Love staying. That. I stayed until May. I came back to New York for like a few weeks to visit. I came back like the first of June. And then I stayed all of June. <laughs> I was there in July. And then I ended up coming back. I still work for them. I just work remotely. And so I'm going back again now because I've been doing marketing, but I need to shoot some content and do a lot of things over there for that. So it's going to be cool going back and just doing solely marketing because the people-pleasing thing. When I took the job, I was offered just to do the job. My hours would be the job. And I don't know why, but I was like, no, I'll do the job and I'll do the work trade. So I was doing... The kitchen, I was doing the garden, I was teaching yoga classes, I was running the marketing channels, I was taking pictures, I was leading meetings, I was doing so much. My gosh, Amanda. (laughs) But not a lot. And um, (laughs) not a lot of... um, Yeah, so that was right before literally you came, and I started to personally go through the transformation and see it almost like manifested in the people around me to like Mm. say no to things or like pick my boundaries and now I'm just doing the marketing so when I go back I can full and I heard this did Kayla say this Kayla might actually said this um sometimes you like so many things or so many alleyways but if you really just like turn your body and face one way and go down one route and put all your energy into that it's going to come out so much better than you putting 10% into a billion things I love that (laughs) So I feel like that's what I'm going into it now is I can finally give all of my intention, all of my creative ability, my effort into creating, which is what I love to do and doing photography and doing videography and or I do like organizing things, a little bit of my (laughs) Virgo Mercury in there, but, you know, like organizing shoots and all that. So I'm excited for that. That's what I'm going to be doing when I go back. And I did agree to take on like one yoga class a week or two because I enjoy that too but I was overworking myself so much and I needed to do all of that because if I didn't do it I would never have learned it had to get to that Mm -hmm. point because I wasn't making changes (laughs) no and I'm so excited for you that you're gonna like go back and like be able to focus solely on that also something when you were saying we were texting and you were like I'm going back to Hawaii and you said something about how like you really need to reconnect with nature and I was like yes, honestly same like being away from Hawaii right now like I'm my body is like jealous so like I just I don't know guess I guess I just want to hear like your perspective on like how you feel where you like at home versus Hawaii and how maybe you can like bring that feeling of I would just describe it as like aliveness you know just a connection with the earth and like yeah how you're looking forward to that and how you miss it or all that yeah and one thing I've also had to learn this has been something in my journal and it's really true for anybody who's listening about this sometimes I would be like I'm only going to be happy if I'm on this beach in this place yes or like the I did have a lot of struggle for the first maybe two weeks because I had the logic and then I had my heart and my logic was like you're fine But then my heart was like, no, I want to be like the way of life that I was living. It was a really hard transition to come back to New York City from being literally living in the middle of the jungle. I could walk around barefoot 
My feet were so gross. My feet were so callous. I lit thick because I was walking barefoot everywhere. Amanda, that came up yesterday in my dance in my dance class. We danced outside, and I was barefoot. And my feet, I looked down, my feet were dirty, and it brought me so much joy. And I told my friend, I was like, my feet looked like this every day. In oh Hawaii. my god, there was no point in doing nails. I've been doing my nails since no. I was fourteen, like getting gel, which. I should probably stop. I don't think that's too good for you. But I was getting gel. And then I couldn't do it out there. I had no access. I didn't have a car for anyone who's listening for the first, like, three, three and a half months. So I couldn't do anything that, which is also something to think about if you're thinking about doing a work trade in a place where you're not going to have a car. There's a lot of luxuries that are small that we don't think about. <laughs> so like there were mm-hmm. a lot of things I didn't have access to. I had access to like Air the supermarket in town. Oh, and that's about it. I found that my main struggle coming back was I was thinking it's separate. Everything I learned was separate. It was out there. Yes. It's not with me oh. anymore. Um, I love that. So I started to literally do, what can I do now? Because hating where I am is not going to get me where I want to be. And that was almost like a statement I kept telling myself. The more I live in lack, I live in disdain of where I am. That's just going to make everything worse for future me and present me, which is all you ever have. So why am I going to want to be upset? What can I do now? I have a yard. So I've started to bring my work outside into the yard. I would ground. I would take my shoes off (laughs) and stand in the dirt. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's not lava rock on the cliff of an ocean and I'm not dancing on a field with a bunch of people. But I started static dancing in my bathroom every I morning. I, I have a playlist. <gasps> I'll share it. <laughs> Please do. No, it's the best thing. I wake up. I put these headphones in. I'm deaf. I can't hear anybody. And then I put yeah. on a static dance and I like oil pull, so it has to be like 10 minutes. So I'll oil pull and do my skincare, and I'm just dancing in the mirror, which is something I, I would have never done like two years ago. And it makes me I feel love- so like, oh. I Yeah, dance is absolutely amazing. I even danced in my bedroom last night. And so I've, I, I also relate to you, like even being in Worcester. I actually thought about Amar, and he was like, once you see the beauty, like you won't need to be in Hawaii to see it anymore. Uh-huh. And I think that's so true. Like I was sitting outside i'm living in a college house that was a frat house for like ever okay so let's just paint that scene you gotta sage it and i'm sitting i'm bro i know i was sitting in my driveway with like a plastic lawn chair you know on the cement and literally right before this and i was so happy because i felt the sun on my body i saw a fucking squirrel he was so cute i was like thinking i and i just really thought about amar because i was like i am seeing so much beauty in worcester massachusetts Mm -hmm. like i don't need to be I don't need to be in Hawaii do I want to yeah of course it's like gorgeous but I think it's what you're saying is such a good lesson of like you can take that here too and where you're where you are right now it's so true one of my bullet points I have like senses one of them just says Amar (laughs) he gave so so much Uh, advice I was like I just put his name down (laughs) okay what are your two because I could think okay the quote I just said and then one other one was is what he told me that there's no wrong decision those two really Uh, stuck with me do you do you have anything from him that really stuck with you yeah one of them he sent it in the ohana chat too so I drove him to the airport and yes it's so good when I drove him to the airport we're just you know I was asking his whole experience I just I didn't want to talk I was like speak 
because everything he says <laughs> is so good. I was like, I'm just listening. Like, go. And go. I've driven so many people to the airport. That was one thing. Living there for eight months, the amount of people that came in and out, and you get very close to people in communities. You're with them every single day. You know, college is like that when you're with them all the time and then yeah. you break and it's like weird. Your body's not used to change. So weird. I went through so many people. I was living, I had roommates, I had friends, and then they leave, and I've only seen two of them in in the run of this year since. So I was actually asking him, I was like, this is, I already mentioned it, I mentioned like, it's crazy, you know? I never get used to it, it's so sad, you get so close to people and they leave, and then he mentioned this quote where goodbyes aren't actually sad, they're only sad when you see things in a physical sense, like somebody's body might not be where you are but the things they taught you the energy that we have we're all connected in a way we're always connected it could be on any plane too it doesn't just have to be like where we are on earth but you're always connected to people and you're connected through them from the things they taught you or the lessons you learned or the experience you shared like nothing's gonna sever that that's always with you and energetically you were them and they are you when you remember that mm-hmm. type of topic. I don't know. It's just so soothing that like, I love that. It's just a physical, like the physicality of it may not be there, but the person is there. They're always with totally. you. And I was I just remember like, ah, so good. I, I, when he sent that, I, I screenshotted it, I think. And Me I too. was like, I'm keeping this for the rest of my <laughs> life. Like this is from the heart. Yeah. It just, That was one of my favorite lessons. I wrote that down literally Mm -hmm. from quotes because, um, well, we got some questions on Instagram about this. And one of the questions that somebody asked was to share any profound experiences that we had with people while we were there, which is why I just wrote Amar. (laughs) Amar. He, (laughs) I just feel like even when he left and we had, so also, I think this is important to add, like, the place that we were at, we had weekly Ohana meetings, and Ohana means family, so every week we would have a meeting, Amanda would lead it, as well as, like, um, the other managers, and we kind of would just, like, check in, talk about the upcoming guests, and just have a space for, like, open communication when certain things aren't working, what is working, all that stuff, just, like, a really supportive place to talk about that, but whenever someone was leaving, we only did this a few times, but I just like shared basically with Amar like what he meant to me and you know when you have it's there's certain feelings that you just remember because they're so strong I remember that moment so vividly I was sitting there I closed my eyes because sometimes that just helps me turn my brain off and I really Mm -hmm. just got in my body and I spoke from the heart and I could have cried I didn't but just the effect he had on me and the way he made me feel the energy he brought into the room was unlike anything and anyone I've ever met truly and people would say it we would meet new people and like he would walk away and people would be like is it just me or is he like pure light like that guy is such a wonderful being I remember looking at him the first time I met him and I was like I've never seen somebody glow from the inside like he does he's just so this episode is just titled Amar. <laughs> I no, literally, like this is a no, big Amar fan club. He's truly one of the coolest people I ever met. And you know when people just they're so kind inside that like she's saying you glow. Like his physical being 
was just so enjoyable to be around and he listened like the conversations you would have were true conversations like you could speak and he would truly he reminded me of like Jay Shetty how Jay Shetty interviews like he really listens and then formulates questions or like I don't know there was one time do you remember I (laughs) I got upset when we were driving one time because I was stressed out about something we were supposed to meet people and then the timing gave me like anxiety and the people never ended up meeting us. And I remember just being like anxious in the car and we pulled over and Amar had a flute and he like sat down and played the flute with me (laughs) and it worked. I like, he had me sit in grass and play the flute and like ground. And then I shifted. Like I was like, wow, it was just so cool. Mm. Uh, That's such a good word shift. Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally connected with the earth I felt like stuff came out like like I transmuted the energy you know but I became mm, present totally and I feel mm. like becoming present most of our anxiety and our stress comes from past and future but when you really ground using whatever in that sense it was music we used music and sitting mm. with each other and sitting outside and it shifted yeah totally and I feel like Amar is such a beautiful mirror and like lesson for like mm-hmm who we can be and just how I want to make people feel, you know, cause like I'll never be Amar and that's beautiful and he'll never be anyone but himself. But like, yeah. it was just, yeah, I think it was honestly just, Amanda, what is one final lesson you would like to share with our audience about Hawaii and what you took away from that experience? Okay. I wrote out some bullet points. So maybe I can read them. Or just yes, quickly. Please. I won't go too long on each topic. I just want to like... So the first thing is that things will come up. Everybody that I met, things are going to come up. Things were bought up for people while they were out there. But it was really inspiring to see everybody going through it. That sounds so mean. Everyone was going through it. I'm so inspired. But it was cool because it highlights the fact that self-transformation sometimes there is like a shadow side to it and it's okay and it's it was authentic to see other people going through it but also I feel like we've been talking a lot about that um there's a you can be happy like there was a beauty of being there but there was also a beauty of doing like the self-discovery work so I just noticed everybody had that um the second thing was appreciating simple things like having a car having that freedom at your disposal to go anywhere um our toilets were outside they were flushing toilets but they were facing the jungle and 10 to 12 other people at certain times could be wanting to use the bathroom so it was living with people again getting used to that situation I lived in a personal cabin at one point I had two roommates at one point I had a roommate that was a 70 year old woman at one point who thought a cat stole her phone and try to set up a sacrifice for him. So, like, you learn your personal space. One thing I did take was the way I respect the land came with me. Compost. <laughs> we were composting everything. You're separating plastics and recyclables and all of that. I feel like I bought that back over here. Or, like, just having care when it comes to things. It followed me. Um... And then it really opened my eyes, almost like you were saying in your experience at Kahana Beach, like the nude beach that we went to where everyone's just being really authentic. 
that, the way people lived, people had homesteads, they were living off grid, they were growing all their food themselves. It just like opened my eyes that life can be totally different than what we grew up thinking it could be. Like there's a totally different way to live and I was totally inspired and people were being authentic and reminded me that some things you learn is just society telling you stuff. And then finally, uh, the skills, like the physical skill sets. Like I know how to cook all these vegan dishes and I know how to, I know how to crack coconuts with a machete <laughs> and I can That's plant amazing. things. Like all of that stuff. So those are just spitballing like lessons that changed me. Do you have any that like shaped you or stand 100%, 100%. out? 100%. I would not be here if it wasn't for Hawaii. I would not have a microphone in my hand. I would not be starting my own podcast. I would not be, I feel like, just stepping into what I've known in my heart and my soul that I've been wanting to do for eight plus years now. I think Hawaii really was like a wake-up call where no one's going to save me. No one's going to create the life I want. That's up to me. And so, yeah, now I feel like I'm really just stepping into my power, stepping into my heart space and not being afraid to be myself and follow like what I'm here to do and follow that calling. So I've, I'm super grateful for Hawaii in that sense because, yeah, I would not be in this moment if it weren't for that. I love that. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing. Oh, of course, it was so good to talk with you. This, yeah, and I don't even know. I feel like we could have gone another hour too. This oh, is just so from the heart. I so loved from it. The heart. Me too. I yeah, agree. and I hope anybody listening can get something out of this. Same. We can leave our socials as well. Yeah. They'll be in. The description for the episodes Perfect. and they'll also you know our, do you want to share your instagram and i can yeah my instagram is just my name kate babineau um it's kind of hard to spell my last name it's, but amanda will put yeah the description. it'll be there we're all my good tiktok there yeah but feel free dm us any questions Please, you have oh about gosh. the specific experience or any lessons whether it be travel things we learned or I just want to chat. If I got a DM, I would literally cry. Like, I love to connect with people. Like, please, please let me just be your friend. Like, that is, like, what I literally love. In a job application, they were like, what do you like to do? I was like, I like to talk to people. (laughs) I like to be friends. Like, I was a social butterfly. Like, please, please come talk to me. Oh, that would make my day. So, yeah, love that. And Kate's truly the way do you know how people can be witty where they come up with humor quick i feel like you come up with all, all these big philosophical ideas they filtered oh, through your God. brain and out of your mouth in the best way so oh, quickly like thank you. you can listen and format things so well so quickly and i'm always in awe like she's a great oh person gosh, to talk to you. <laughs> oh, sorry, amanda. thank no. you so much for that compliment and so is amanda you're honestly so inspiring to me and the way you travel the way you post on social media so it's so awesome to have a friend like you i know i i ah, i just feel like so nice (laughs) Same. Same. and thank you again for listening everybody if you need help with any of the resources again reach out to us if you're curious specifically about the work trade that we did which is kerpal meditation and ecological center on big island hawaii i am a manager there And I can totally help you out in regards if you have any questions about the specific work trades, I can get you in contact with anybody who is in that department for volunteering if you want to do that. So you can message the actual Instagram. We are on Instagram, uh, KMAC Hawaii. So that's spelled K-M-E-C Hawaii. 
this isn't part of my job. They don't pay me for this. I'm just truly saying if you're interested in doing a work trade there, feel free to shoot us a DM. I can get you in contact with anybody. I can give you some voice memos. Any questions you have, I'm your girl. I'll help you out. So you can contact either me or Kate or you can hit us up at KMAC Hawaii. Again, all of the links will be in the description below. And if you got this far in the episode, which is the end, <laughs> I know that this might be something on your mind. It Maybe it's not even doing a work trade, but whatever that calling is that you have, you do have it for a reason. If you're going to take something from this episode, know that you have this passion for a reason. If other people can do it, you can do it too. Again, it does not have to be this work trade. It could be anything in the world that you're feeling drawn to. Lean into it. It's there for a reason. And this is your sign. Finally, some little updates. Um, if you are following me on Instagram, which is happy holistic hippie, we are doing weekly Sunday chakra yoga classes. So we are on to the heart chakra already, which is crazy. I have all the recordings on my page. So if you want a free yoga class, I have all of the chakras listed on my page. You can easily see which one is the... Um, IG live yoga class because it's just the color of the chakra. So feel free to check out the Instagram for those classes. They are every Sunday at 930. But going forward, there's a change. I am back in Hawaii by the time you're listening to this. And I am going to have to move the chakra yoga classes to Saturday mornings because Sunday mornings don't work for me over there. <laughs> there's something going on on those mornings that I can't um, stick to the 930 timing. So it will be at 930 Eastern Standard Time on Saturday mornings because that's going to be around two in the afternoon for me and I can do that on Saturdays. So just change there. It'll be 930 Eastern Standard Time. For the next few weeks, we're going to be doing the heart chakra, throat chakra, moving up to third eye and the crown. It's a free class on IG Live. So all you got to do is tune in and we get to explore different yoga practices each week. So feel free to join. That's what's up and coming. I might do some other live events while I'm in Hawaii, but I'm not too sure because the time zone is kind of difficult to work with sometimes. But yeah, hit me up on Instagram. I just end everything with that because I literally love talking to you guys. 